1: Hey everybody, this is Richard Deitch and welcome to the Sports Media Podcast. My producer is Patrick Antonetti. One guest on this podcast because, quite frankly, he is a main eventer. It is Paul Heyman. If you've listened to this podcast, you've heard him before. One of the signature performers in the WWE. WrestleMania 38 is coming up this week. The WWE signature event, except for April 2nd and 3rd at AT AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. Paul Heyman, of course, has a major role in the biggest storyline going on right now and that is universal champion roman reigns against wwe champion brock lesnar paul Heyman is the special counsel to roman reigns and he has probably done he may has done the best work of his career during this uh, storyline and Heyman and i went about 50 minutes again he's always great to this podcast he's been on this podcast many times and he was on my podcast uh, or the podcast that I did for sports illustrated and um and we talk about a lot of things i think if um that you will find interesting just in terms of um, aligning yourself up with great performers, um, how Heyman sort of figures out how to get himself into character, why people like Roman and Brock Lesnar never break character, even when sort of something uh, amusing goes on. Uh, Heyman talked about Pat McAfee and his work, talked about the some of the incredible women performers right now in WWE from Charlotte Flair to Ronda Rousey. Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair, and Heyman says that WWE really could use Charlotte Flair better. Um, and Heyman also talked about if he was not with Roman Reigns, if somehow Roman Reigns left for a year, uh, Ronda Rousey is, is who he would want to work with for a year to see what uh, he could do with her. So great stuff as always from Heyman. 50 minutes of, uh, of behind-the-scenes wrestling talk, which uh, or sports entertainment talk, I think more accurately. Which which I hope um, I hope you enjoy. Don't have to be a wrestling fan for it. Heyman is just an interesting guy. So Paul Heyman coming up on the Sports Media Podcast. All right. This guy has been on this podcast many times and he's one of my favorite guests. He's always generous with his time. And I will eventually get to the opening to sort of promote everything he's doing. But it is every except for one time at Sports Illustrated where he was incredibly generous and came in. Uh, taped a podcast with us in a Sports Illustrated swimsuit closet. He's always in a car when he's doing these interviews, and there's always usually some kind of issue before he eventually gets to the podcast. And he he's, he's off on the side of a road somewhere. I guarantee it now, somewhere in some major city. But yet he's finally arrived. Now, who is the person we're talking about? Well, that would be Paul Heyman. WrestleMania 38, the WWE signature event, is set for April 2nd and 3rd. At AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. And Paul Heyman once again will play a major role in the festivities. Universal champion Roman Reigns is facing WWE champion Brock Lesnar. Mr. Heyman is the special counsel to Roman Reigns. The main card, both nights will begin at 8 p.m. Eastern following a kickoff show one hour prior. WrestleMania streams live on Peacock. So I was good, Heyman, I was gonna praise you before. The whole car thing so before i get to the praise of you like where are you right now i guarantee you are talking to me from some car somewhere am i correct i, I am in a
2: car and i am in new york awesome. and i am a very busy man yeah <laughs> that's, a, that's the best it's you know it's it, it's it's like i tell my children there there's a difference between a reason and an excuse and this is Kind of both. I, I am a very busy man. The demands on my time, especially this time of year, are extraordinary, and it's just uh, it's just a game of juggling chainsaws, and uh, and 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 learning how to enjoy doing it. So I'm always delayed. It goes back to the ECW days of, I'll call you back in five minutes, which ends up being five hours or five days, just because one thing leads to another leads to another that I have to address. Because as as many people in, in, in this type of position will tell you, I wake up in the morning and all I do is put out fires.
1: <laughs> all right. By the way, I just kayfabe the audience. I know he's in a car. Actually, I can see him right now. So there you go. All right. So here's what I want to start with. To me, you might be doing the best work of your career right now. Seriously. It's been unbelievably entertaining to watch you in the storyline between um, between brock and roman and so i want to ask you this like in your position realistically you could go for another decade or more and i am i mean again if you can be serious for a moment on this like i am curious like how do you look at your own career longitudinally and like is this of interest to you to go for another 5 10 15 years or given you've been in the business for a long time do you have your own idea of when an end date might be for you as a um as an on-air performer, as an in-ring talent?
2: Well, it, it's a multi-tiered answer. Um, the first thing that anybody needs to understand about sports entertainment or sports entertainment is that the gig can end on a moment's notice. And I'm not talking about cancel culture. I'm talking about just the fact that at any given moment, on the whim of the chairman, on the, on the audience deciding you're no longer relevant or worth watching, it could all end. And just by way of example, in 2013, when I came back, And I was with CM Punk against The Undertaker. And I was with Brock Lesnar against Triple H. And it was at MetLife Stadium, which is right across the bridge from New York. And I I warned my kids that if either Punk or Brock's music played and I didn't come out to the ring with them, don't worry. I didn't drop dead in the gorilla position, hopefully. Vince McMahon decided I'm not going out to the ring. Hey, pal, sit down next to me. Watch this one on the monitors. And that's how fast it happens. Um, So I'm very cognizant of the fact that every time I walk out to the ring can very well be my last. Unless I decide to work elsewhere, which I won't. Um, I also am under the mindset that if I'm not the very best at this role, if I'm not doing the best work of my career, if I'm regressing, if I'm not the person best suited to serve this story between the two biggest box office attractions in our industry right now, Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, then I shouldn't be in the position. I, I don't want to be second best ever. So I've said this before in many different variations. I mean it more today than I have any other time in my life. I look at every episode of SmackDown as the audition to be invited back to the next week's SmackDown. That's it. I'm, I'm either on top of my game or it's time to discard me. And if I were in charge of casting, for lack of better phraseology, that's the demand I would put on the person in this role. And I, I put that demand on myself. And if I ever figure out that, hey, I'm not the best, these guys are just paying me back for my years of service, I'll get out. So is there a five-year, 10-year, 15-year, 20-year trajectory? Hey, I'd love to be Freddie Blassie. I'd love to be in my 80s doing this. I'd love to be doing this. I'd love to live as old as Moses and do it at 120. And people go, damn, that Heyman is great at 120. How does he do it? But on the day that I realize I'm not the best or that I'm not best suited or that I'm not doing my best work, I will get out so fast. everybody head rules
1: but within that, I, I appreciate that answer. But within that, though, there are, you know, there are contracts. There, there is business. And so do you approach this thing? Like, I mean, I don't know if you're going to tell me if you're under contract for multiple years. But do you want to be someone who is tied up to tied with the WWE for multiple years? Or are you a performer that likes the idea of you work year to year and then both places decide if they want to continue?
2: It was public knowledge that my contract came up last year, and I kept it I very close to the vest because I'm not one of these people that A, want to negotiate in public, and B, um, I'm reading an awful lot lately about who signed for how long and for how much, and I just never want that to be me. This much I will say. Um, I re-signed with WWE last year. It was a long-term agreement and mm, they good. created a situation where I would have been a fool not to take them up on their offer. So I'm, I'm locked in for a while. Yeah. I, I also, and this is, I mean, this has been the case for a long time with me because I do have outside projects just because I like to multitask and I'm very ADD, and I just can't concentrate on one thing at a time ever in my life. Um, I have carve-outs to allow me to do other projects, which is also to WWE's benefit because I'm locked into WWE as well. So I'm always going to be, oh, that WWE guy is doing this outside project. And I would never do anything that would betray my deal with WWE because they, they went out of their way to make sure that I was here. I'm happy. I'm locked in and we're mutually satisfied with each other's contributions to the coffer.
1: All right. That's a good piece of business, Nick Khan. I'm glad to see Paul Heyman is signed for, uh, for, as he said, an extended period. All right. Now here's where I praise you in the podcast before we start to talk about what's going on. One of the reasons why I think you are a genius is because you have aligned yourself for now decades with great performers. Punk, Lesnar, Roman, Kurt Angle, Rob Van Dam, the list can go on and on. I don't have to name your entire um, resume. Uh, but you instinctively, I think, understand that a successful person is someone who aligns themselves with successful people. Is that something that just happened, or has that always been a strategy of yours to identify people who have long-lasting and star talent in this business and then align yourself with them, which you have done?
2: Michael Jordan was able to be Michael Jordan because he played on a team filled with Hall of Famers. If if Michael Jordan played for a team that didn't offer the support that Michael Jordan was offered— He wouldn't have been Michael Jordan. Uh, One man can do it. One woman can not do it on their own.
0: Um, My game is elevated every single performance because I'm
2: out there with Roman Reigns. And he's on top of his game. He is the absolute best in the industry. There's no one right now that is within Roman Reigns' league. The only other person that is even close is Brock Lesnar. And I feel the same challenge when I perform with Brock Lesnar. I'm performing with someone who is at the absolute top of the industry. So it compels me to do better, to strive harder, to find things and places I can take this character that I never would have before because I'm out there with all stars. I'm out there with the very best in the industry. I'm out there with guaranteed hall of famers who are also striving to do the very best work of their career. So, I I I agree. I thank you for your compliments, and I also agree with your assessment. I, I wouldn't be doing this level of work if I'm not out there with B players. I'm not out there with B players. I'm out there with the very best A plus 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 players, who forgive the analogy. If they get a hundred on a test and there's an extra credit for ten points, they go for the ten points because it's there to be
1: taken. Right. The, the, we have talked before, and you have told me that uh, one of the things that you are afforded from Vince and company is they trust you when it comes to what you're going to say on the mic. Um, you're not as, uh, for lack of a better word, produced or overly produced, maybe the way some others would be who don't have your experience. What I'm curious about, though, is when I see you with Roman and when I see you with Brock, their reactions to you really feel organic. And so it makes me wonder, cause I really don't know. Do you ever sort of go through with them backstage as to sort of where you're going to go or what direction you're going to go? Or is it when we hear what you are saying on the mic, both Brock and Les- both Brock and Roman are also hearing on the mic for the first time.
2: This will surprise you, but Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns are very different human beings. Um, I bet Brock never wanted to know what I was going to say ever, ever. And and a few times that I I had to buzz him. Hey, listen, I just want you to know what I'm saying here. Uh, He ended up getting mad at me (laughs) because he just he didn't want to know what I was saying. He wanted all his reactions to be authentic and genuine and organic. Um, Roman likes to know the principle, the structure, um, uh, the theme, as long as he knows the theme, we're good. I, and very rarely does Roman ever go out to the ring and have a a a complete set of what he's going to say. He knows the theme, but we're both feeding off the audience uh we we both. Love the interaction and like to play with the crowd to such an extent that we're winging it a lot when we're out there. But it's always winging it within the structure of the message that we want to send. Um, I I learned this
0: from watching my father perform in front of a jury. Uh, My
2: father had an idea of what he was going to tell the jury. My father knew his wrap up line. My father knew his approach to the jury box, but everything in between, he was going to read it on their faces and, 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 and play to the audience. So I have a lot of freedom. I've been afforded that freedom. I'm grateful for the freedom. I've never abused that freedom ever. And there's also a lot of very interesting people behind the scenes that I get to run these concepts by besides Brock Lesnar or Roman Reigns. Um, we, we, we work with a writer named Michael Kirschenbaum. He is um, an unheralded hero in WWE. I love working with Michael Kirschenbaum. He's a great writer, gives honesty back. No, nah, don't go there. You don't want to go there because then uh, you, you know, you're, you're diluting the core of the message. Wow. Okay. He, he keeps me very much on track and he's very good when there's five minutes to go and I decide to edit down what I want to say. Uh, He's very good with that. I run things by Michael Hayes. Uh, Michael Hayes is old school as old school can be. And I, I like, I like being rooted in the fundamentals of old school promos and then bringing them forward to a contemporary presentation. So Michael Hayes is invaluable to me uh, for that exercise. And then when it's, when it's Romans turn on the mic, it's just a matter of me playing off him. And I, I, again, I I know his theme and I know where he's going, but I don't know what he's going to say because he doesn't know what he's going to say. He doesn't go word for word. He just goes by concept and goes out there and delivers. And that's the type of performer and, 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 uh, presentation that he likes to bring to the table. So it's all, it's all very, every personality is different in that regard.
1: Let me I want to ask you about both Brock and Roman because one of the things that's I'm very impressed by both of them is they almost never break almost never break character, if ever break character on something you're saying. And sometimes you'll say something that really is legitimately funny. Like, and just like you could see the audience like, laugh. I know I'm home, I'm at home laughing. Yet those guys, they don't break. Is that just the is that the sign of a just a first class performer who is within? Within the moment, like, why doesn't that happen? Because even like, I'm sure on Broadway, sometimes, you know, an actor will sort of lose it for a second and then get it back. But these guys almost never do something. I mean, again, it happens occasionally. You see Roman with a smile, but it almost never happens. Why does it never happen? I think Roman's
2: smile is very much in the character of Roman Reigns. There's a difference between Joe Anawaii and Roman Reigns, and there's not that much of a difference. But there is, you know, I mean, it, 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 it's ramped up. It's amplified. Um, what you see is what you get with Brock Lesnar today. This, this is the, the absolute authentic at-home Brock Lesnar that you get to see. Why do they not break character? Because they're so embedded in the character. Um, and and I, I've, I, I've discussed this with a lot of young talent sometimes. Ric Flair used to always say, especially to me,
0: the day that I, Ric Flair, stop being
2: nervous walking through that curtain is the day I stop walking through the curtain. And I always found that fascinating for him because he was so good at everything that he did. Because the day that I am nervous walking through that curtain is the day I won't go. Um, I'm far more comfortable... Out there than I am back here. Uh, that character, that
0: persona
2: has a lot more to offer the world than I do. Uh, he's just he's badass, he's cool, he's not cool, uh, he's a douchebag at times, but he is he is the special counsel, he is the advocate. flaws and all. And, and in real life, you do your best to try to hide your flaws from everybody in the world. Um, so if I'm, if I, I mean, I've walked out through that curtain with pneumonia. And when I'm out there, I feel great. I feel 10 feet tall. I'm King Kong. I can do no wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm fully invested and committed to the character and the persona and the presentation. I don't have time to cough or wheeze or sneeze or feel bad or run a fever. When I'm out there, I'm, I'm on my game. And the moment I walk back through the curtain, I can collapse and fall on the floor. And that's how they are. Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar bring that to the table. When, when they walk out there, they're, they're, there's no breaking character. They're in the character. They are the character. They're fully immersed in the skin of the character. Joe Anawaii doesn't exist when Roman Reigns is out there. Roman Reigns exists. Roman Reigns exists. Um, my, uh, we just did Madison Square Garden, and my kids came to the show, and one of my kids asked me, "Did you see where we were?" No, no. I, and and if they were right there in the front row, I wouldn't have seen them because I never look at the audience individually. I look at the audience in mass, and and the trick is to make the en masse feel as though you're looking at them all individually, never the other way around. It's why you look up when you perform, because it's more Shakespeare, it's grander, than look down, because looking down is too intimate. And you can see faces, and that will throw you off your game. But if you look up and you address the audience in mass, then you're addressing everyone at once, as if you're addressing them all individually.
1: Renee Paquette, you know, who you might know, of course, Renee Young and uh, Renee Good, depending on what day of the week it is, um, said, and she's been a guest on this podcast, one of our favorites, and I know one of your favorites as well. She called you a method performer. And she she gave us uh, an example not too long ago on a podcast where she said that there would be times like when she'd be interviewing you, like you literally looked tired, like you didn't sleep. And she thought that might have been intentional, that you were going on camera, like looking like a haggard, um, you know, frayed Paul Heyman. When, when it comes to performing, like, do you get that deep? Will you try to, you know, I mean, you read about some of these actors like Pacino and De Niro, like, they'll go to, they'll do shit to just really make themselves look as much like the character as they want. Do you go, will you go to those kind of places?
2: Oh, 100%. And first of all, I, I, I I, I love working with Renee. The, the thing that Renee is, uh, went public with was we did something a few years ago where
0: uh, Brock Lesnar attacked me on Raw
2: and um, I, I fired me, which was the ruse to set up Roman Reigns for that year's WrestleMania as all things come full circle. So the next week on television, it was a sit-down with Renee and Paul Heyman, and I was supposed to give this explanation of how I felt regarding being dumped by Brock
0: Lesnar. So I stayed up for, I think it was at least one night, if not two, before we did the interview.
2: I didn't shave all week. Um, and I wouldn't sit down in the chair opposing Renee until the cameras were turned on. And I, I I just avoided her all day. I wouldn't talk to her
0: because I wanted to start the interview
2: one looking that haggard and two, I wanted to be crying and I didn't want her to see me crying because I knew it would throw her off her game. And I wanted to throw her off her game because I wanted to shock her from the moment she saw me. Because if she had a shocked look on the face, the audience is going to realize, whoa, she's shocked. And they would be shocked. So what I did was
0: I brought with me the suit that I wore to my father's funeral. And I had never worn it since my father's funeral. And I wouldn't put it on all day. And we had a a stand-in sit in my chair for blocking purposes. And literally two minutes before we went to tape, I put on the suit. And it tore me up. All I could think of was my father's room. It just crushed me.
2: And I sat in the chair and I kept my head down so Renee couldn't see my eyes. And I was just bawling. I I was just a wreck. So when she said we're sitting here with Paul and and I didn't want her to finish my name, and I looked up when she said, and the look on her face sold
0: everything. And she
2: got right into the game, and she just came at me in the, the 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 most authentic and believable manner possible that 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 interview would never have worked with anybody else but Renee there was just a professional intimacy between us and the moment she saw my eyes she just wanted to come over and give me a hug and she knew that she couldn't and it just worked Yes, I'm very method. And here's why. I'm not that good of an actor. I have to, I have to take myself to those places on an authentic basis because I can't pretend that well. There's a very famous story that I love about Dustin Hoffman and Laurence Olivier. And they did a movie together which to this day is worthy of study called Marathon Man in 1976, I believe. And they did a torture scene, which is remembered very fondly to this day where Lawrence Olivier is drilling into a, a tooth of Dustin Hoffman's character and saying, is it safe? Is it safe? Is it safe? And it, it just it's just a a a, a, a harrowing uh um uh, uh torture scene and dustin hoffman stayed out for nights on end before the scene didn't shave went to studio 54 got all coped up to his own initiative. i'm not Smirching the the man uh, drank all night long. He showed up looking like hell, which is what the scene called for. And Olivier pulls Hoffman aside and he says, what are you doing to yourself? And Hoffman explained, oh, well, you know, it's the Strasburg method. And 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 I, I tormented, but there's a torture scene. So I tortured myself and I wanted to look like hell. And so I feel like hell. And if I feel like hell, I know I'm going to be able to portray that in, in the movie. And Olivier looks at Hoffman and says, oh, dear boy, try acting. It's so much easier. <laughs> well, for Olivier, yes. But. I'm an untrained actor. Uh, I, I I just go with the feel, which is what I try to teach anybody that I direct or produce or write for. But I'm not that good of an actor. So I have to put myself in, in that mode. It's the same thing for if, if I'm supposed to be happy. I'll, I'll listen to music before I go out to perform. That puts me in a very good mood or, 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 an amplified mood or, or, or an aggressive mood because it gets me there. Um, so sh- short, sh- short, answer to a, to to a, to a, to a, to a, to a long soliloquy. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm very method because I have to be, but I'm really not
1: that good. Nice. Uh, shout out to Renee there. Uh, she's doing good work on her podcast. you are taking as they say in the industry these days bumps meaning that uh you know occasionally a performer will get um will get physical with you as we've seen Brock uh Lesnar do um what's that like for you uh at uh at at your age um how do you how how does that work I don't want to take a I don't want to take a bump at at my age I wouldn't want to take a bump at any age but you're uh but you're doing it so how's that been because uh You probably had a stretch for a while where nobody was necessarily getting physical with you within the uh, within the show. It's all part of the gig. (laughs) It is. I mean, it's it's
2: it's 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 expected of someone in this position. And if you're going to put this much attention on me in this position and I'm going to have that level of animosity with whomever, in this case, Brock Lesnar, but it could be someone else as well. I have to expect that in order to fulfill the audience's desires, uh,
1: Heyman's going to have to get going to have to get bumped around a little bit. And that's fine with me. Does it ever get does it? Uh, I mean, I, I don't even know how to ask this, but like, does it ever normalize? It obviously normalizes for Brock and Roman and. And Becky and everybody else, I mean, they, you know, they're, they've been doing this for many years. They've trained at performance centers. They know how to fall and stuff, but you know, you're not, I know you've been in the business forever and I know you've taken bumps before, but you don't do this every week. Does it, does it ever normalize for you? Like somebody no. coming in and no, okay, I no, no, so. no. Yeah. It's never, no, it was never normal
2: when I was doing it 300 days a year in in WCW with Rick Root against Sting. Uh, it, it never normalizes. Uh, And nor should it. It it, it shouldn't be normal for me. I I shouldn't. I shouldn't. It shouldn't look like a wrestler doing a bump. It it, it shouldn't come across like I'm trained to do it and I'm not. But even if I was, it shouldn't look that way. It shouldn't look smooth. It should be rough. It should be violent. Um, It should hurt. And you should be able to tell that it hurts. Otherwise, what am I offering that's different than anybody else? Um, I, I've always just had the premise of hey, j- 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 just come and hit me, just 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 smash me, just lay it in, just just uh, just 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 knock me down, just 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 throw me. I I I, I, I don't want to. I, I I I never wanted it to look crisp and clean and smooth. It's not about that. It's it's it's. it's about a non-athlete and I'm clearly a non-athlete uh getting getting his ass handed to him and if that's the case whether that's Brock Lesnar hitting me with an f5 or Samoa Joe uh putting me in the coquina clutch violently (laughs)
1: yeah
2: uh I mean you know that that was no fun um but it was great it was great television it was no fun um nor should it have been fun? Um, at at the same time, you know, CM Punk with the kendo stick—that's right. Uh, uh, you know, we, we 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 had a real understanding on that one.
1: You know, bring it, bring it all, right. all the way. All right, a couple more here. And I'll let you go. You're a busy man. Uh, why has uh why has Pat McAfee been so good at this from the jump? That guy has been all in. Uh, he. He instinctively knows just sort of how to be what I would say is a heel broadcaster, although not an over-the-top heel broadcaster. It's just worked. Um, you deal with him, obviously, behind the scenes. Why has is, why is it worked with Pat? Because it really has.
2: Pat McAfee is great at what he does because he's so damn enthusiastic about it. And that enthusiasm is contagious.
1: Is he like That's that it. behind the scenes, too? Same, same. Enthusiasm? Very much so. He's a very Pat McAfee is a
2: very inspired, motivated, enthusiastic human being. Pat McAfee doesn't state anything. He exclaims everything.
1: <laughs> and, I and, I, and I love it. male I love it because he's <laughs> yeah. a fan. He's yeah, a fan. He a f-
2: fan. F- first and foremost, he's, I mean, when, when Nakamura comes out and Pat McAfee jumps up on the desk and does air guitar, uh it makes it makes a fan want to do air guitars like yeah I, I do that too um he's uninhibited in his fandom and that's
0: what
1: makes Pat McAfee so great you know we've talked about this before uh that I think if you ever did a podcast it would be phenomenal probably would be the best wrestling podcast out there but and I don't want to put words in your mouth but like, is it a fair statement to say that you really cannot do the podcast you'd ultimately want to do while still being employed by the WWE? You just can't, right? I mean, you can't. You're working for them. You, you'd almost be self, in my opinion, you'd almost be self-censored in a way which would not be the best podcast that you possibly could do. Is that a fair I
2: statement? Think I think I'm self censored I think I'm self-censored. Any, wow, that's, that's easy for you to say.
1: Yeah, yeah uh, I know.
2: and I'm and I'm the one that allegedly is supposed <laughs> to be talking for a living, and and now and now I'm being volunteered for a podcast by you. Uh, um, <laughs> I I think I'm self censored at most times anyway, because there's so much to say on any subject and only so much time to say it. I understand what you're saying that there's diplomacy involved in what I'd have to say. But I would, I would be honest about, hey, you know what? It does me no good to discuss this at this time because to get in depth on this is going to cause too much of a riff, r- ripple effect. And I would say that if, 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 if we're tasked with a podcast. I have been dabbling with the idea of a podcast since probably 2010, maybe 11. I was inches away from doing one with Ariel Helwani. I know about this. Yes. This was before I returned to WWE uh, where he would cover mixed martial arts and I would cover pro wrestling slash sports entertainment. And then we'd switch during the podcast and show the other perspective. Uh, And at the last second we, we, we pulled out of that deal and I've, I've come very close a couple of times and just decided not to do it despite an enormous amount of money being thrown my way about it. Um, there's a concept to do it now. It would be with WWE. It would be uncensored by them. Free reign. Um, and it's being talked about. It's not the first time we've talked about it. We've talked about it multiple times over the past few years. Um, I'm not going to do it unless it's done right.
1: It would have to be done right.
2: It's do, you it, be,
1: do you think it can – I mean, I'm just going to ask you. Can it honestly be done right in your mind while being a WWE product? Because ultimately, this is just my take as someone who you know obviously admires what you do. Like I would, One of the most interesting things about a podcast would be Paul Heyman's take on what is going on within the WWE. And if you are paid by the WWE, is that not an inherent conflict when it comes to the content of that podcast? Hundred percent. That's why it would be so much fun. It's it's is <laughs> is it's, 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 it's watching me
2: a navigate the conflict and b uh, pushing up against it. Um. Again, I, I won't do it if it's not done right, and um. I wouldn't compromise. I wouldn't compromise my in- <laughs> my, my alleged integrity. I wouldn't compromise <laughs> my alleged integrity uh, just for the payday, nor to do the podcast and then have to shy away from things. If there are things to address, I'll address them. And if I'm not allowed that opportunity, I wouldn't do it because I wouldn't be able to do it right. It's, you know, it's it's the same thing about doing promos. I I, I'm afforded the freedom to go out there and do things. And some of the things that I do will push the grain. And, 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 and will go right up to the line of where we are as a company in terms of the presentation. Um, But I, I don't violate it because I'm trusted with it. And because I'm trusted with it, I know I can push the boundaries on television, but i never break them. The day that I'm in, the day that before I go out there, don't say this. I mean, here's just an example. Um, Spiritual or, or spiritually orgasmic. I said that line and anybody who would know the standards and practices of the network that I set it on would say you can't say that. But I could say it in the context that I said it. So I said it and I wasn't worried about it because I understood the context and I understood it was, it was not just justifiable. It shouldn't have, it should never have even been an issue. And it wasn't an issue because of the context in which I said it. If I were to do a podcast, it would have to be uninhibited. It would have to be uncensored. It would have to be, we, we want you to give your take, and we want it to be you and the rules be damned.
0: And th- that's what I would do. Or I won't do it.
1: All right. Final two here. Final two uh, parts. appreciate I, I That's a good answer. I appreciate that. And so, uh, all right. So Adam Hopkins of WWE doesn't lose his mind here. Because I have a, a question about a, an AEW performer. Uh, WrestleMania 38 is the WWE signature event. It is set for April 2nd and April 3rd at at and Stadium in Arlington, Texas. Two nights. Paul Heyman, of course, part of the. Main, main event with Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. There's another promo for you, Paul. As I ask you about, um, I, I know, you know, this is a long time, Vince Rule, you don't talk about the competition. That said, within the confines of this interview, you have a long history with CM Punk. You you mentioned, you referenced Sting before. I think one of the most incredible performers in the history of this business. He's 62 years old doing what he's doing. It's incredible. Um, do, you, do you, especially the guys who you have investment in emotional investment in like do you watch punk are you paying attention to what he's doing um i'm not asking you to put aw over but i just like do you have an interest in what these people who were very close to you are doing even if they're in another promotion
2: well well first of all i have no problem putting AEW over if aw does things that's worthy of being put over yeah,
1: I, I, I don't like to
2: I, I, I don't live in a bubble i i, I would also offer to anybody that wonders why I would be so um, willing to put over the competition. If you look at WrestleMania and you look at the fact that over the course of these two days, WWE has sold more tickets than to any, and I'm going to have to call the two nights, one event. Okay. We've sold more tickets to this event, this WrestleMania, than to any other event in WWE history combine those two nights so with that in mind and the spectacle that 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 this show will be and you combine that with the worldwide publicity that it's going to garner and the fact that the entire industry is focused on what's going to happen at wrestlemania and therefore what comes out of wrestlemania i i would argue the case that i could sit here and praise AEW all day long, they can't match what we're about to do next weekend. And until they're in a position to match what they do, what we do next weekend, I'm not that concerned with praising the competition because they're still a long way away from what we do and our level of success and our market dominance. That being said, do I watch AEW? Of course I do. But I also watch everything else that's out there as well. If if I can get my hands on Buenos Aires Championship Wrestling, I'd watch it. If I can get my hands on um, um, Antarctic, Antarctica All-Star Wrestling, if there is such a thing, I'd watch it. <laughs> I'd watch it. I, I, I watch anything to do with this industry. It's it's why I had eyes on Gable Stevenson when he was in 10th grade and he was an undefeated high school wrestler that was being touted in Minnesota as the best high school wrestler in the country. And when we went out to do a show at the Target Center, and Brock was the WWE champion at the time, I reached out for Gable Stevenson's parents and invited the whole family to the show so we could meet Gable Stevenson, the best high school wrestler in the country, and figure out if he was a, a WWE fan and, hey, is this something you may want to consider in, in your future? I pay attention to the marketplace. That's if, smart if 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 the if the chief executive officer of pepsi cola doesn't know every flavor of of coca cola and what they taste like he's not doing his job and vice versa the 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 chief executive of coca cola better know what everything uh, that pepsi has to offer it, it tastes like or he's not or, he, or or he's or he's not understanding what someone else may like and then decide whether that fits for his product as well so yes i watch Ada. and yes i watch cm punk and i've been i've been watching the progression of his character since he came back and I, i was asked a very similar question a few weeks ago my answer stands to this day i'm interested to see what he does in a year He's in an interesting place right now, and that anything he does is going to be accepted. And rightfully so. The audience missed him. He's bringing it back. He's working his ass off. He should be accepted. But a year from now, when the novelty wears off, where does he want to take that character? What's going to be new about it? What's going to be contemporary about it? What's going to be progressive about it? What's going to be rebellious? About that character, because the entire presentation of CM Punk is built on being a rebel with a cause. What's the cause? Uh, You know, whether he's whether he's the hero or the villain, what's what's the cause? What's what's the self-justification to the character of CM Punk for the actions that he's going to portray on television and in live events and and on pay-per-view? And, and that's what will be interesting to me. And the analogy that I can give is right now, and he'll hate this because I'm going to compare him to a WWE persona, but it's the same thing about Roman Reigns going from the big dog to the tribal chief. The, the big dog would not be main eventing this WrestleMania at this level with Brock Lesnar. He'd be main eventing eventing WrestleMania, but not not with this much intrigue and this much fanfare and this much momentum and this much attention and this much publicity. The Tribal Chief is bigger and better and and a bigger attraction and a better attraction than the big dog. What will CM Punk be in a year? That's what interests me. That's That's what intrigues me. Where will he take that character a year from now, and what will that presentation be like? Um, watching him today, he, he can, and I'm not suggesting that that he's riding the momentum because he's obviously putting a lot of thought into what he does, uh, but re- watching today, he can ride the momentum. A year from now, the audience will be more demanding of him, and he will have to live up to that And knowing him, he's going to do everything he can to do so. And that's the interesting part of it.
1: I appreciate that answer. All right. Final one, the performances of the top women in WWE have been phenomenal. Uh, Whether it's Becky or Bianca, Charlotte Flair, um, Ronda Rousey, Rhea Ripley. You know, I can uh, you know, I mean, uh, Sasha Banks, apparently whoever I haven't mentioned, the, the performances are phenomenal. I wanted to ask you about Rhonda just because, uh, there's always been a lot of talk, um, that if Rhonda ever was put next to Paul Heyman, um, that would just be an unbelievable partnership and could bring Rhonda to another level. If she was interested in obviously staying in the, the business term. Um, I'm not going to ask you if, if, you know if that's ever been uh, proposed because I don't want you to necessarily give up something that you can't give up, but philosophically, can you just give me your thoughts on whether, on the idea of you working on a full-time basis with Ronda and what that might be like?
2: It's very difficult to imagine any scenario right now where I'm not working full-time with Roman reigns. Understood. Um, if Roman were to take a year off right now, And WWE would want to inure the benefit of paying me for the next 52 weeks. So they'd want to exploit my character on television. Who would be the first person that I would point to to say, put me with them? It would be Ronda Rousey. Interesting. Okay, there you go. Um, I can't tell you that 1A isn't Charlotte Flair either. And oppose Ronda Rousey. That would also be interesting to me. I also think that Charlotte Flair is a dramatically underutilized talent, both by WWE, and, and, and there's your podcast criticism that I, we we're
1: talking about right, before. There you go. Uh, Head, you just made headlines. Thank but, you. But
2: also by Charlotte Flair. I don't think she understands just how great she is. And I don't think that that's a skill set that someone can be taught without hands-on experience out together with synergy and a professional intimacy and trust. And again, it's about method. But if I were to be able to perform with her, I think I could bring something out of Charlotte, a level of greatness that she can achieve on her own and nobody can achieve on. I mean, Roman Reigns could not have achieved the tribal chief on his own. I can't achieve the special counsel on his own without playing off of Roman Reigns. This wouldn't be the same if I was playing off of someone else. Um, I get to reach new heights, hopefully as a performer because of the person that I'm playing with Roman. Um, the same goes for Ronda Rousey. There are, there are things about Ronda Rousey that are so ahead of the curve, that are so beyond anybody's ability to even fathom how great she can be. And there's no way that she can reach that on her own. She needs someone to bounce off. She needs someone to perform with um an actor doing a, a, a monologue will never be as great i don't I I, I I don't care if it's again going back to laurence olivier doing othello in 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 the park he's never going to be as great as if he's opposed against or or doing a scene with another performer that can bring something out of olivier that he can't bring out of himself so with that in mind uh, to a chance to work with Rhonda Rousey, whose whole life has been predicated on breaking barriers and crashing through glass ceilings and reaching levels that no one else on the face of the planet, male, female, or, or any other gender that we care to identify, has ever reached in their entire life or will. Oh my God. I, and selfishly, I'd love to see what she can bring out of my performance. So, um, yes, I would love love to work with Ronda Rousey. Uh, I mean, working with her behind the scenes is just beyond inspirational because there's a strive for greatness that lives within Ronda that you just have to acknowledge every time you're around her. So, to perform with her on camera would be a... um, an exhilarating experience.
1: Yeah, that, uh, that, that would, I would love to see that. I, I think you totally hit it with Charlotte Flair. There may not be anybody who has a better, um, combination of, uh, of physicality and mic skills and be able to get the audience to do what she wants. Um, I am a Becky Lynch, Mark, but I have, uh, I have amazing. I
2: I think, and and, and by the way, just for the record, I I think the same thing of, I think the same thing of Becky Lynch. I think the same thing of Bianca Belair,
1: I, yeah, I, I, their, I, I, Wwe has got some. They got they they got, they got five Tom Brady.
2: Oh my! I, I mean, I mean, Sasha Banks, Naomi. They, they, yeah. they, these are people that um, I don't think, not just the general public. I don't think they themselves understand the level of greatness they have the ability to achieve because they have not been in the position yet to display that not only to the public, but to themselves. And and, and as they realize that, as they gain the self-awareness of the levels that they are achieving or that they can achieve, I I think you're going to see in the next couple of years performances from all of them, Ronda Rousey, Charlotte Flair, Sasha Banks, uh, Naomi, uh, Becky Lynch, uh, you're going to see a level uh, rhea ripley my god i mean is 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 there any ceiling to her potential um none, none. you know you, you're you're gonna see you, you you're, you're here's here's the thing you will see within the next decade maybe even the next half decade the main event of wrestlemania night two main event end of a, a, end of end of the weekend you will see two females in the main event. I have no doubt the the, the competition is too fierce. They're too good. They're, they're, they're coming up so fast and their talents are on display. They are going to end up there. There's going to be a
1: female match that main events WrestleMania. Uh Listen, Heyman, you are always incredible to give me the kind of time uh, that you do. Let me get the promo uh, uh, done before I say my goodbyes. WrestleMania 38 is set for April 2nd and 3rd at AT AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. Paul Heyman has a major role in this uh, part of the main event with Roman Reigns against WWE champion Brock Lesnar. Uh, The main card both nights begins at 8 p.m. You can stream that live on Peacock uh, Heyman will be, I imagine everywhere in Arlington. Um, not just obviously in the main event, but I think, yeah, I think I th- saw you're doing a talk beforehand. So he'll be, he'll be bomb, bon vivanting his way through, uh, through that, uh, through that town. It's always great to catch up with you. I think this is like either four or five or six that you've been on this podcast. You're always, uh, you're always generous with your time and your insight. And, uh, and I always appreciate, in all honesty, you taking people behind the scenes because I think it's really, really interesting to my audience. So I wish you, as you know, nothing but the best of health and success, and and thank you for joining me on the Sports Media Podcast. The pleasure's been all mine. Thank you, sir. All right, back in the studio, uh, my thanks to Paul Heyman. He's always great uh, to this podcast, and, uh, and I really enjoy talking to him, and he's— yeah he gives you um if you're uh, if you're into this world he gives you a lot of behind the scenes stuff on this podcast and sort of how things work so my uh, my appreciation to him and he will of course be great in the main event of uh of wrestlemania coming up uh this week depending on obviously when you're listening to this um you can head to the archives um and check out um the last couple of uh podcasts hopefully there will be things uh that you will enjoy including taylor rooks and alex sherman on the, the big disney story uh rebecca lobo and holly Rowe on uh covering the ncaa women's tournament and um and all the content that uh, that espn's put out there for that tj quinn on um covering the britney griner story in russia real scary when tj's done some incredible work uh just head to the archives Bomani jones brian curtis uh, Mike um uh, Mike Golick, uh, Michelle Tafoya, Troy Aikman. Not uh, a lot of names you would recognize over the last couple of weeks. If you like this kind of stuff, please leave us a five-star review and a nice note. That is how this podcast continues. But thanks to Patrick Antonetti for all his hard work. Uh, I appreciate it very much. And thank you for listening. We'll see you soon on the Sports Media Podcast.